people. We are back. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I just was about to say that. Black people. We are back, guys, with yet another episode of this here Melanated Celebrated. <sighs> what a time to be melanated, huh? You know, I loved it. You know, we gonna make it, guys. How's it going, sis? You know, you're a little sticky shutting today. Tell the you people. You know, I'm over here with a toothache, so... You know. It came out of nowhere. I don't even know what's going on, but... Indeed. Um, I can barely open up my mouth a little. Yeah, it's a struggle. It's okay. But you I'm showed here. up. I did. Thank you for showing Thank you up. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, you know, that's what, that's what we gotta do. <laughs> How was your week? It was, it was good. It was, uh, I've kind of tried to disconnect the past couple of days, though, with everything going on. Yeah. Um... Just a lot. Just still tired, exhausted. Um, but it doesn't stop. It's not like I seen something that said uh, last week was not a spirit week for black. Uh, <laughs> we still gotta do this, and that's yeah. it. We still gotta uh, keep fighting the good fight, and for sure. that's what it is. No matter what it, what your role is in this movement, um, it just wasn't a, a two week thing, and it's done. Right. So, but other than that, other than just having to disconnect for one or two days, um, it's been a good week. It's been a really good week, actually. Well, praise God. Yeah, what about you? You know, uh, still going to the white man job and uh, getting these bills paid, guys, you know. But we're doing what we can, you know. Trying our best to stay woke as you cheer and call it and uh, trying to do my part, guys. Trying to contribute. Uh, but, you know, it's been productive. I'm just trying to, you know, I think I said it before, trying to make the, the better use of my 24 hours like Beyonce would. And I think that, uh swear I'm at, guys, I do. Now, guys, we're going to tell you at the top of the show, we will be taking just a, a two-week hiatus. We need a break. Just a, a smidget. That don't mean you don't listen while we're away. Yeah? You listen again. You tell a friend. Then you need to rate the podcast on Apple, guys. Work with me here, okay? I'm trying to do some things here, you understand? All right. All right, guys, so with that being said, it's time for a little magic. We could all use some. Who you got? So, my wild magic this week goes to all the people that are still fighting the good fight out here um, who realize that it wasn't just a week for everybody to be in an uproar on social media. Indeed. Um, those of you who are actually taking and going beyond your Twitter fingers and Come on. making necessary steps and actions and moves, uh, whether or not it's protesting or voting, you know, voting, riding, uh, whatever your role is. <laughs> you said riding. Tearing shit up. Tearing, you know, tearing <laughs> it up. But whatever it is that you're still doing it, um, understanding that you know, a lot of, I'm not sure of definite numbers, but what, like, the Montgomery boycott lasted, like, 381 days. Mm. Um, so, you know, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. So, just shout out to y'all, the people that are out there and staying focused and remembering uh, what this movement is about and remembering what it is that we're doing and that this is not just an isolated incident, that this is not just politics for us, um, that that this doesn't stop past the, after a week and mm-hmm. that it won't stop until, you know, justice is served. So, no justice, no peace. That's Come on now, I felt that thing. Hey. Felt that in my spirit. You better, uh, what's the word I want? Encourage the people. Mm. Come on now. I feel a soda in my bones. Mm. Sha-na-na-na. Mm, I felt that thing. Felt it. Felt, I felt Selma all through it. <laughs> well, for me, my, my wild magic, I have two. 
Cause I feel like sometimes when when you see good things, you got to you got to call it call it what it is. Now, number one, Tory Lanez. Uh, you know I enjoy all of his remakes. I really I really truly do. But my man's has been out here just doing doing God's work. You know, let week before last he had to check Shekinah. Uh, let her know they says Gucci don't care about you. That ain't got nothing to do with you, sweetie. Uh, we black. What you doing? And then this week he had let he he kindly in love, he corrected in love, let B Simone know. Hey sis, uh, you do know that it's it's, it's niggas in corporate and nine to fives that make, you know, more money than the industry do. But but cool cool cool. I appreciate people who call things as they are, and you don't just let your buddies just get away. You got to check your people. That's that's what we have to. We got to hold you accountable, and you do it in love. Please. So what happened? So she uh was doing an interview, I think, with Nick Cannon. And I guess he was asking her what kind of man she wants to date or something to that effect. Um, she was just saying that she doesn't want a 9 to 5 guy. She wants a, um, and she said, what did she say, an executive? Or some, something she said. And it came off. I, 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 I kind of understand where she was going with it. But I think it, it was just delivered, delivered wrong. So it came off as if she was dissing the 9 to 5ers. Okay. Which I think we got we at some point, guys, we gotta get a clear understanding that everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. Everybody doesn't want to go in business for themselves. Some people enjoy working a nine to five, accomplishing whatever goals it is that they want to do, and that's okay because we need both in the world. It's perfectly fine. But yeah, so he was just like, "Hey, sis, you know, uh, there's plenty of guys who, who work nine to five and make more money than industry guys." But cool, 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 cool. So I appreciate Tori for that. You know, not now, sis. Um, and then my other moment of magic here is going to be to the black Twitter <laughs> and all of their hard work and dedication and investigations to getting these races unemployed. You about to lose your, your job. job. Okay. You know, <laughs> guys, uh, tell some of your Caucasian friends, you can't talk to us reckless, sweetie. And then clock in at work. Okay, because Black Twitter, <laughs> they at home for COVID, you know, and uh, they got time. By the time you wake up, your folks job have is lost their whole jobs. Yeah, I mean it's it's stupid that you're risking your livelihood on something you know that that's ridiculous. It makes no sense. But that's what you want to do, sis. Cool, cool, cool. It's a black woman probably more qualified for your job, ma'am. Who you want to be the head of the nurse or bro who making these ignorant comments is it's a black man more qualified who wants that job as well. So keep on uh giving us openings. <laughs> Come on Jesus and work it out. Open it up. Won't he do it? The floodgates is what he said he'd do, okay? I'm just letting you know. I'm just the messenger. Mm. <laughs> a disciple if you will. All right guys, well, it's time for a little break and we'll be back <laughs> with a little uh bitch wig. And just like that, guys. We back. So <laughs> It's that time where we have to get it out. And who better to get it out with other than our people, okay? <laughs> so it's time for a little bitch what. Key, what's happening? Girl, my bitch what this week. First of all, shout out to Sean King. Because he be on it. I don't even know if he sleeps. His team, magnetic. He does the work. But I'm looking at some of the stuff that he's reporting. And my bitch what this week goes to the Louisville Police Department. In their report that they submitted on the murder after three months of the murder of Breonna Taylor. Y'all, in the report, it has that her injuries are none. Mm. They shot and killed sis eight. They shot her eight times. 
Paddles or injuries, none. Like they, if you just look at the uh, the death report, the, uh, the actual report, y'all would be. It's crazy. It's basically empty, and I don't even know. Again, I'm tired. Like this is just crazy. This is just wild. It's exhausting. I, I can't find the words, but that's my bitch. What girl? It's just I'm sick of this. And guys, too, there are I want to say maybe two different petitions going around for Breonna Taylor. Um, so if you haven't seen any of those links to sign the petition, don't worry, guys. I'll put it in the description for you, for you guys to sign up today. It's not a problem. Also, um, there are two other petitions going around for, um, Kendrick. Jesus, what's his last name? Is it Johnson? Hold on, let me look at his last name. He was, um, this is a case from... A, a couple of years ago where um, his body was found wrapped up in um, wrestling mats and they tried to say that it was an accidental death. It's not an, if you ever saw the information regarding that case, nothing about it was accidental. Um, that was murder. Um, so yes, it, it is Kendrick Johnson. Um, there is a petition also going around for him um, to reopen his case. And I believe that that may have been, done or maybe in the beginning stages of that so what um i'll try to put out whatever whatever information i can um because that wasn't accidental so it's our time guys to do what we gotta do yeah so that was for the uh he was in georgia right he yeah he was in georgia um they yeah, found him in like the gym case of uh organ harvesting yeah it was a bunch of bullshit is what it was guys so yeah um uh, i'm gonna try to put out the information that i can find that is uh reliable because we got to put out reliable information um, for you guys to get yourself aware of the situation. There's a lot going on, guys, and we got it. It's hard to keep cover everything, but, you know, we can do our best. Um, but my, um, bish what for the week would go to Seneca, South Carolina. Um, today, your little raggedy newspaper decided that they were going to post, um, they were going to publish... Um, the paper today with a animation of a woman holding a baby and then what would be a man is actually a donkey on the couch holding a beer and on the side of the woman's dress it says black community and in her speaking bubble it says I can't leave him we've been together for decades plus he says we will we'll never survive on our own so i'd like to give a hearty fuck you to seneca south carolina um how ignorant how disrespectful um i don't know who the artist was um i do believe that the the writer the editor is in there i believe his name is robert don't know where, we'll get his name too um everybody need to be fired everybody you don't do no shit like that yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. What's what's the problem? Like you you listen to our music, you tried to take and copy the music, you tried to take and copy the culture, but you no no no. See you don't get to pick and choose which part that you want to use and celebrate. So again, hearty hearty F you to Seneca and your newspaper. Hope it burns down. The whole building. Hope is how, how that works out for you. That way you'll never survive on your own. Okay, pumpkin? All right. All right, y'all. Well, let me go if I get mad.
because I done got one. Just on a on a happier note, guys. This week's pour me up. Um, we have a, we have an interview this week. Our very first interview, um, with Miss Portia Campbell, um, who is a behavior analyst. Um, so she's gonna talk to us today a little bit about um the spectrum of autism um in in regards to the black community things that we can you know look out for how we can help and contribute so i think it's going to be a treat um i look forward to talking to her she is also my one of my best friends as well so it's, it's definitely a treat for me so you guys check that out coming up next and i hope you learn something and enjoy bye hey guys it's kiara i wanted to talk to you really quick about donations that's right the doors of the church are now open this podcast is ran 100 percent by us but we'd like to offer the opportunity to support us a little more. And we're asking for a monetary commitment of $2 per month. We're doing that through Patreon. Patreon is a site that allows you to help us. It's for the upkeep of the show. I called it the building fund, but you'll see it. But really, it is. It's for the editing, the studio, behind the scenes, and to also make sure that we come back each and every month. Patreon.com slash Melanated Celebrated. You'll see the automatic $2 there, but if you'd like to give more, whatever your heart desires, we're open to it. We're excited about the growth and we look forward to you guys growing with us. And again, we'd like to thank you. So that's Melanated Celebrated. We're out. So we got my bestie Portia here, guys. And Portia is a behavior analyst. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Portia, you know, because terminology ain't that great, girl. Um, based in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm going to let you tell the people, Portia, a little bit about what it is that you do, who you work with, who you serve, all that goodness, and then we'll kind of kick this off, man. All right. Hello, guys. I'm Portia. Um, I'm a board board certified behavior analyst, um, also known as a BCBA. Um, I serve in the population of autism and children. And basically what I do is um, develop treatment plans and assess children who have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And from there, uh, we help families with helping their kid progress Mm -hmm. with the disorder. And that may include um, learning how to speak, um, learning how to communicate, acquiring skills, um, learning how to be a part um, of a school or daycare or just socializing in everyday environment. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who may not know, like autism oftentimes comes with some maladaptive behaviors. So that may include like tantrums, um, aggression. Um, and we also help with those with developing behavior um, intervention plans Mm -hmm. and we work on ways to increase communication and decrease maladaptive behavior so what made you want to become um, a behavior analyst so um, in school well going back to high school um, basically I was in teacher's cadet with Ashley and um we, I basically know I wanted, knew that I wanted to work with children, but I didn't want to be a teacher. 
Um, so I went to college thinking I wanted to join nursing, um, kind of got grossed out with the whole nursing thing, realized soon that that wasn't my lane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so then I ended up starting, um, taking courses in psychology and fell in love with child psychology. I landed like an internship my senior year going to, um, a school in a in a pretty diverse area in Columbia, South Carolina. And a lot of the kids that we work with, we had basically some funding through the University of South Carolina with the elementary school to work with kids who were two great levels behind mm-hmm. in reading and math. Um, with going to the school, I met a kid who was on the spectrum. Um, and I just connected with him. I was intrigued by the way that he learned, um, saw that he was misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And I started doing research and I came across a plot behavior analysis. And I decided to just keep going further in my education. And I just continued to pray that um, one day that I could just help children create a brighter future for children come through sis now tell the people your current title at your location there in atlanta georgia boo let them know who you are sis (laughs) so i'm a clinical director at um a pediatric clinic in atlanta georgia that serves um children with developmental delays yes you heard her my brown sisters out here doing that. <laughs> Black girl magic. Black girl magic. The director. I don't know if you guys caught that. She's modest. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Just saying, guys. <laughs> Just saying. So I know people, most people probably categorize like autism in a, in a, a certain sense as sometimes just being nonverbal and, and things like that. What are some of like the onset signs of it? Or is it something that's tested? when women are pregnant what information can you give on that because I think maybe a lot of people aren't as educated on it as we could be or should be well I would say definitely for my black people we oftentimes um, statistically do not get our kids diagnosed until age five however kids can be diagnosed as early as 18 months Um, so some signs to look for is um not communicating like if your kid by 12 months doesn't have at least three to five words um that's like an early sign Mm -hmm. some things um that you may also see as early as one year is your kid not able to point which it sounds small but um those are developmental skills that a baby should have by one or a kid not being able to pick things up like small objects with their pointer finger and their thumb. Um, a kid like just not communicating is a really big sign mm-hmm. as early as 12 months. Um, one big thing is like attending those pediatric appointments, those checkups, and when the doctors are asking you about milestones that you're being truthful because it only benefits the kid in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of time in the African-American community, we know like mental health is still a little taboo. Yeah. 
And um, like even growing up in my family, I've heard, you know, like older adults say, oh, nothing is wrong with that kid. Oh, he just don't talk. Or you think about like the uncle who has never left the house or the uncle that's always in the back room, but he doesn't say much. They're more than likely probably would have been diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. So um, just recognizing like lack of communication as early as 12 months. Good to know. I hope people are taking notes. You know, I don't plan on having kids, but some of you out there, that may be your life's desire. <laughs> so you should definitely listen to these tips. So Portia, I have a question um, as pertains to like autism. Does vaccines or in your opinion, does vaccines um, cause any of it or is it a myth? It is. It's actually a proven myth. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't really a clear indication of like what causes it but in my theory a lot of times I know this is going to sound bad but um I deal with parents a lot and I do parent trainings Mm -hmm. and um a lot of the symptoms are um I shouldn't say symptoms a lot of the characteristics that we see in autism I can see some of those things in their parents Mm. So a lot of times we think like autism is not talking. You can be autistic and talk. Um, There's a lot of engineers who are autistic. Um, Having Asperger's is also a part of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So you can be highly functioning, very intelligent, but still having some of those characteristics of autism. Gotcha. Cool, Ben. So with what it is, with, with what you do at your location, with you being director, what would be like some of the highlights that you would maybe that stand out to you since you've been in that role or, all, or just all together in your career? Okay, I'll name a few. <laughs> so um, sometimes we get kids who come in who don't eat. So they're like one step away from needing a feeding tube mm. because they're having behaviors where they just don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. So teaching the kid to eat by encouraging them um, through treatment plan, it basically consists of like me assessing them and then developing a treatment plan, which is all like research based. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we take baby steps, slowly start introducing one food at a time and then having the kid to like within a few months start eating on their own is like a major mm-hmm. thing that I enjoy. Um, another one is having like a small kid who comes in that everyone's scared of because he'll throw stuff across the room or he'll punch. Um, a lot of times it could be lack of communication, lack of understanding. They're trying to communicate things with their family or with us. And through frustration, it turns into behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, but with studying like the functions of their behaviors um, and learning them mm-hmm. and them understanding that we understand what they're trying to communicate. And sometimes it's not verbal. Sometimes it's through a device or sign language. Um, them getting their needs met and their wants met through communication and seeing like a decrease in behaviors. Um, I'll say my last one is that like 
um, hopeful moment when a parent has a kid who hasn't talked and they're like two or three and they say like mom for the first time seeing that joy and like a mom's eyes or seeing like a mom cry about that is a blessing that's sweet yeah you're you're a new mommy so I know that touched you (laughs) that's your deep girl they got you right on down to the bottom what would you say would be some of the obstacles um whether it just be your personal experience in in the role or just for that particular field in general what would be some of the obstacles um so I have two that I really am like passionate about Mm -hmm. is um lack of parent um involvement Mm -hmm. oftentimes like parents will send their kids to the clinic and that's that but we only have their kids for a couple of hours a day Mm -hmm. so and they want to see all this progress and they want to have all these goals met but the lack of understanding that it takes a lot of work at home to get these goals met um it's frustrating and um Then the other one is for like the African-American community, me being a black um, practitioner, seeing black people not taking advantage of the services. Mm -hmm. Um, I started working in South Carolina. So South Carolina um, ABA services is free with Medicaid. You don't have to pay a dime. Um, and when I came to Georgia, like, I think it wasn't until 2016, Georgia Medicaid started paying for services. Mm -hmm. So now the services are free here. So seeing us as African Americans not taking advantages of, um, getting their kids early diagnosis, early treatment, because it does make a difference. Like, so the earlier, you could take advantages of these services. I would say do so mm-hmm. because our white counterparts are like I work in a very rich area and our white counterparts have insurance and they didn't have Medicaid mm-hmm. to cover anything that their insurance doesn't cover. And these are the people who can pay out of pocket. Right. While we have families who can't pay anything and they're not taking advantage of what the um, government has to offer. Gotcha. That actually is a, is a good segue into um, another question. And you kind of touched on it before as well, but like what's something that the black community could do to, to do better about this issue, whether it just be like you said, taking advantage of the uh, of Medicaid for getting your kid diagnosed at, a, at an earlier age, paying attention. What can we do as a community as well as the parents. So, you know, make sure that we can do what we can to give our kids an opportunity to really, to really develop. Um, I would say, I don't want to put it all on families. Um, I'm a part of a black ABA group and we talk about this all the time. Um, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. So our part as practitioners is to educate our community don't get in this black privilege mode where you're above that. We need to go back to our communities. We need to provide this knowledge. And um, 
with doing our services as practitioners, um, we can charge, mm -hmm. but we should do pro bono like things where we're giving out this information for free in our community gotcha. so that families are aware. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say for families coming out to free events, um, take advantages of getting services, um, reaching out and getting the support that they need and accepting just mental health in general. Yeah. I think it's something that's a start because it's something that's kind of ingrained, like mental health is not real or serious or whatever the case may be, but just taking it a little more serious. Gotcha. I know, uh, let them know the name of um, your podcast that you do with another um, behavior analyst. So it's an Instagram page and we have been like featured on several podcasts, mm -hmm. but the Instagram page is two. T-W-O um, Brown Behavior Girls. Because I saw on your page where y'all um, posted it was a, a picture of a sign that said like an, an autistic man lives here. He doesn't understand that you're the that you're the police. He doesn't understand any of that. And I thought that was like, wow, the fact that something like that has to be in a man's yard and it, in 2020 blew my mind. Yes, insane, insane. Because autism doesn't have a look about it. So we oftentimes are stereotyped because we are Black. Mm -hmm. But imagine like an officer pulling over a Black guy who, or stopping a Black guy who's walking, who's autistic, who doesn't understand what you're saying, who can't follow commands. Right. Um, that's like a trigger for police to shoot because you're not following the command. Right. But not recognizing that this person doesn't understand that. So that's, um, that's always been a fear. Mm -hmm. um, especially like with our older kids that I work with. Um, that's always a fear. So just teaching them, being realistic with them is like one of the things that I've set as a goal. Mm -hmm. And um, my goal is to kind of talk to my African-American kids, parents, letting them know like, hey, these are the things that we need to work on. Like just even identifying who a cop is, mm -hmm. as well as um, as much as, you know, this is going to be a struggle for me, but educating police as well, mm -hmm. things that they should look out for when coming across um kids but one thing that I have learned because with doing like some research in these past couple of weeks is um a lot of counties have a special needs registration mm -hmm. that families can go online and fill out like descriptions of um their loved ones and their name and all that good stuff so that police are aware that there could be someone with a mental illness mm. So what do you think could actually help police officers uh, in situations like that? Is it just more training on their part, um, especially in like today's climate? Is it the stereotypes or racism? Like, do we have to speak to it from the core or, you know, what exactly could help the way that I, black, uh, autistic people? I think really it starts with the core because um, we know the first thing is being black. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the first thing that they look for. So 
it comes from within because a lot of times I think these cops are scary. You're scared of black men, which is why you're so gun happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts there. You, we got to get these scary cops out of polos- policing in our neighborhood. Um, and then from there, it is educating them on like, hey, if a person isn't complying within 10 seconds or so, but they're not going for their pikes. Mm-hmm. There's no need for you to pull out a gun. Right. Like, see if you can take a step forward. How do they react? You know, like things to look for. Like, are they looking like, are they giving you eye contact? That's a big thing. Yeah. Like a lot of um, people with autism don't make eye contact. So that's something that's simple that they could start with. Gotcha. And I'll make sure to... Um... To, so when you were talking about that there's something that, that um, people can register their loved ones if they're autistic um, if you have like that website or something that we can maybe put in the description box so if there's anybody listening who has autism who has kids with autism um, if that's something that they can maybe figure out the difference between their state or their county I think that'll be a great thing if we can do I mean I think we said last week like I, we can't do a lot but we can do our part our part is equally as important as the overall thing. So I think that'll be something great to kind of take away with because that's definitely something that I never knew about. Right. Same. Right. Yeah, no, I can um, give you some links to some surrounding counties. Have you seen or have any of like the parents of some of the, the kids that come to your location said anything about maybe their kids being affected by the current climate or are they not necessarily aware? Because I know they're different. There's a spectrum of it, so I, I'm not sure if, if some of the kids are aware of what's happening. If that if that's having an effect on their behavior currently, or have you not had any type of reports like that yet? I honestly have not had any reports, mind you. I do work in like a white rich area. Um, however, we do have African American um, clients. Gotcha. But they're pretty young. Mm-hmm. However, um, like I do have a friend who has a son with autism. Um, So she has like her and I have communicated back and forth about the whole situation. Um, And my partner and I are like releasing um, at the end of this week, a parent guide, um, basically teaching diversity Mm -hmm. to children with autism. Um, So yeah just check that out but I do think it's something that we should start teaching early like regardless of kids having a diagnosis or not having a diagnosis it's something that we need to start teaching on a regular and I I think you and I have taught one time before um as far as like I feel like maybe it may have been a few months maybe after you took your role that it wasn't a lot of uh, black women or black people in general in your in your field are you seeing a slight change in that since um you guys have started your page maybe connecting more or what's your stance on that so yeah okay so not in my area Mm -hmm. per se like um we were talking to these girls that we connected with um last week and it wasn't until I was talking that she said, so you never had a black BCBA as a supervisor? 
um, because before you become certified, you have to sit under another um, person for 1500 hours. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. And she was like, you never knew another black BCBA. And I was like, no, but I never stopped to think about it in that perspective, really. Um, But I have connected with um, a lot of dope BCBAs around the United States Mm -hmm. due to the page. And um, each Monday we have a segment where we call Meet the Pro Monday. And we highlight a lot of professionals around the world. Um, 90% of them are African-American. But there's a lot of business owners that I have met who are African-American. I actually talked to a Black BCBA this week who owns a clinic um, that will be opening up in July here in Atlanta. So, um, yeah, and there's some that I know in New Jersey, Chicago. So we are out here. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know that we were out here. But again, as far as like the leadership in the field, we probably make up like 10 to 20%. Well, you know, the the fact that you're finding more is a good sign that gives an opportunity for somebody to sit up under you and you to train and lead the way. I think we we say all the time on here that perception is everything and all it takes is for some little girl to see you in that position, in that role, doing doing that and making a change to want to do the same thing. And maybe even baby Peyton may want to do that, guys. You never know. Yes. (laughs) Representation is very, very important. I love to see it. Yes. Well, Kira has a has a toothache here, guys. So she's a little more quiet than normal. A little quiet than normal, guys. We're gonna pray for it. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Definitely things that I had no idea about, which I'm I'm pretty sure if I didn't know that there are more people out there who don't know. So definitely, guys, we're going to get the links from Portia that she talked about registering your loved ones um, if they if they are on the spectrum of autism. Um, so that you know we can do what we can to protect our people um, it, it's a rough time right now um, so anything that we can do to save each other I think we should do it at all times um, well thanks Portia I appreciate you for sharing some information no problem thanks guys no problem I'll talk to you later girl bye <laughs> <All right>. bye <laughs>